And welcome, welcome to Surge Hub. Our theme is building capacity for leaders who lead a little bit differently. I am your host, Dr. Lavella McGarry. I am excited about this evening because we have Jeff Smith with us. He has so much information. Not only will it empower you, it'll impact you, it'll thrust you, it'll activate you, it'll provoke you, but he will also be giving you solutions to your problems, questions that you have been asking the creator in regards to your timing, um, when to build, according to your business, how to maneuver, how to adjust. This session is for you. So for those that are watching, please tell a friend, tag a friend, share the link, go over to search page and please click like on the page. And again, thank you for joining us on tonight. And for those that will be watching the replay, do hashtag replay, hashtag replay. And so Jeff, welcome, 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 welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be here with you tonight. Awesome. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, um, my name is Jeff Smith, and I work as Director of Innovation and Equity for the National Association for Community Colleges and Entrepreneurship. I'm also uh, a fellow for the Pan-African uh, Cultural Institute, and there I work on issues pertaining to faith and economics. Okay. So as far as um, uh, ministry, I've been in ministry since I was about 21 years old. Um, started uh, started preaching and then uh, got called to uh, graduate school. So went to graduate school and was thrust into prophetic ministry on a college campus. And so it was um, one of the most exciting uh, but scary times because it was something that I did not uh, necessarily have a model for, uh, but something that the Lord really, you know, helped lead me through. And so as it relates to that, um, my heart has always been to create space for people who are called innovative ministries, who are called mm -hmm. to do things for the kingdom of God that are um, those new wineskins. So. Okay. And when we said innovative ministry, keyword will say the marketplace? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Marketplace. okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And marketplace ministry. So when I was 14 years old, I had a a pastor tell me, uh, he said, Jeff, God is, uh, God is going to use you in the church and in the world. And at that time, I did not have a framework for how God uses people in the world, because we were actually taught, you know, not to be like the world. So um, I did not have a framework for that. And then moving on when I was about, uh, I had a confirmation of that, again, in my 20s, when um, I had another prophetic minister affirm that the ministry was in the marketplace and the marketplace was in the ministry. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the ministry that I've been partaking in has been first as a college professor uh, on that college campus and then moving on to different organizations and entities. Okay, when you said you didn't have a framework, meaning you didn't have a um, what that was maneuvering in the realm of the marketplace or the place of the marketplace with a pattern after to know what it looked like or what were you looking for? What was your scope of it? Yeah, so I did not, um, I did not have an understanding of how God used people in, I'll put this in quotes, uh, secular arenas. Okay. And so I was very, um, you know, it was one of those things where I had to really trust and depend on God and really trust in the Holy Spirit to lead me into all truth as it relates to how does God actually work uh, in the marketplace? So one of the things that 
the Lord led me to do while I was in the college environment was to start a ministry called the Daniel Project. And so okay. what we did was it was um, based on the book of Daniel, how Daniel was trained in the languages, science and culture of the Babylonians, but essentially for kingdom purposes. Okay. So that provided for me a framework of what does it mean to become a prophetic voice in the marketplace? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to, to really move in uh, these arenas in a way that was essentially like Daniel, you know, essentially, or eventually they said, you know, Daniel's God is the God of heaven. So how do we move in these realms, uh, in these spaces uh, to such a point that the people there are able to see uh, the reality of God? Okay. And what was your, what was your, um, your steps for execution? How did you execute that? Yeah. Um, so for me, because I was trained um, as a teacher, one mm -hmm. of the first things I wanted to do was to create a curriculum. And so, you know, write the vision, make it plain. Yeah. And so I wanted to write, uh, I wanted to understand, provide a framework for mm -hmm. the work. And so that, um, you know, the book of Daniel and, mm -hmm. you know, the scripture provided me an opportunity to draw upon that to really begin to reimagine the educational system in terms of how is God at work in this particular uh, system. So I started to uh, really dive into that, uh, to write vision. Uh, I started to, you know, honestly to study the show myself approved. So I studied uh, the educational system. I looked at the ways in which, uh, you know, that there were what I call redemptive um, attributes or gifts, yeah. things that could be redeemed in that context mm -hmm. and begin to feel my way um, as it relates. Okay. And for those that are um, tuning in, again, please share the link, um, tell a friend. Our topic on tonight is building ecosystem. So when we talk about building ecosystem, from what standpoint are you talking about? Yeah, so with my work at, uh, as Director of Innovation and Equity, one of the things we do is we focus on building ecosystems, mm -hmm. uh, particularly thinking about building ecosystems for entrepreneurs. Okay. And so one of the things that I think about um, in terms of equity, how have, what are the systems that currently exist mm -hmm. uh, and how have those six systems um, potentially excluded some from being able to be a part of them and to be able to thrive, um, you know, from that particular system. Mm -hmm. So as my work is in that arena, you can also look at that in terms of uh, the spiritual. Okay. And so what are, um, what are those systems that are allowing for uh, the people of God um, to thrive uh, mm -hmm. in this era? What are those systems that might be marginalizing people who have a new um, under, uh, understanding of how God wants to move into a new wine skin? And mm -hmm. so just like I do on my job um, as you know, looking at entrepreneurial ecosystems, mm -hmm. I also look at that in terms of this, new, what I call the Renaissance tribe. Okay. What is, what are these systems that are gonna allow for prophetic ministers, uh, marketplace ministers to thrive in this generation so as to be able to really um, reflect the heart, the intent, and the purposes of God 
And then what are those, what are those things that are seeking to monopolize or to marginalize uh, the voice of the people? Okay, so what would be those systems? Because I know we're, even though we're thinking about those systems, we're thinking about a way to innovate now, we are dealing with pandemic. So what would be those systems that one would look at beforehand versus now that there have been a, a, a shifting, economic shift, and then there's a cultural shift as well. So what would be the systems that, that one should look for? Yeah, as a, um, I'll do from the a point of view of an educator, one of the things that we know is that oftentimes some of the educational systems that we currently have, for lack of a better term, they are very outdated. Mm. And so because of that, you have people teaching in traditional methods, but with the fourth uh, uh, industrial revolution, there have been disruptions or changes. So you have new technologies emerging uh, you have, you know, you have uh, social and cultural diversity. You have, um, you know, you have these shifts that are occurring. So as an educator, if you uh, keep teaching in the same way, you're not going to be able to help, help the students and other people meet the needs of the future workplace. So from the point of view of, a, of an educator, uh, those are some of the things that's happening. And so you can take every institution and entity and look at those shifts of demographic shifts. We know that our, uh, that our society is uh, shifting as it relates to uh, demographics. We know that there are uh, advancements of technology. So there are shifts and changes that are occurring. And so if we are not willing to really engage that and create it, innovative ways, we will find ourselves being ineffective. That's true. Uh, I love the way you said that there's um, shifts and changes and at the same time advances. So, that, so it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Then we have the spiritual technology that's now approaching, which could be, when I said, could be very well outdated in the sense of um, um, techniques and or pat patterns or met uh, mythologies. Now approaching these systems, there will be a resistance as well. And when, and, and so therefore it wouldn't work. So we tend to again, upgrade in the natural, but then we're still up, outdated in the spiritual in a sense of um, system. And I said, or patterns, or application, I should put it that way. So what would you say to, to one that's thinking um, again in the natural, but also spiritually in a sense of how to approach it in regards to their ideologies? Um, I think a very important component of, of, a, of any type of shift is language. Mm. So I think we have to consider uh, our language because actually when people want to decolonize uh, people, they actually try to, you know, um, or I should say when, when they want to enculturate people, they mm -hmm. want to take their language away from them Mm -hmm. uh, so that their speak, the way that they communicate is mediated mm -hmm. through now the colonizer's language. Mm -hmm. So because of that, it is hard to be able to conceptualize and to reimagine things outside of the context of, of the colonizer. Yeah. You, and so mm -hmm. I think it's very important to begin to create a system of language. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we do that 
uh, through the, you know, through the uh, communities and networks that we began to build. And so as we, when we began to speak that language, you know, we know as prophetic people, we began to declare and decree a thing. We began to create an atmosphere, an ecosystem that will allow for that thing that God wants to birth to begin to emerge. And so I think one of the, uh, one of the things that we have to consider is, you know, what type of, what type of language are we speaking are there people who are speaking similar language? And then how do we link up with them in a way that's going to affirm that thing that's on the inside of us? Uh, how are we gonna link up and begin to speak this language in such a way that we provide a, you know, an ecosystem uh, for this thing to really begin to birth? Mm. Changing the language, changing the language also changes visualization how one sees and perceives the thing and so now dealing with the pan <clears throat> pandemic there again there was a, a shift and a culture shift and so one that projected or saw it now they're shifted they were they're being forced to shift and i i said it in a sense that even their language have changed their stance and positioning have changed and now um the concept have changed of how to execute. And we're talking about systems versus those that are inclined and their language and everything in them became heightened because they sensed and knew that this was the time to move, possess, seizing the moment. So would you say that what that still has to do with a language barrier or one just being inclined or relationship? I, uh, yeah, I think it's both. And I think that, I think there is a, uh, when you think about in terms of relationship, you know, there were, there were people who were, that, that have been hearing the voice of the Lord and they understood and understand that things were shifting and moving because they had intimacy, they had relationship with God. And so because of that, now, because of that intimacy, which I also see as you can see as this kind of spiritual ecosystem, because of this intimacy, they learn how to hear, mm -hmm. they learn how to see, and they also learn different ways of, of proclaiming, of speaking. Mm -hmm. And so now when things, when things shift in the physical, they have, they are already, they are already and have already been on track because mm -hmm. they knew that these things were coming. So for them, it's like being able to stand in the midst of what's seemingly chaos and turmoil, but being super excited because it's like, oh my goodness, like, God, this is this is what you have been speaking to my heart. So these new wine skins is still true. The new models is still true. Uh, you know, the people uh, that you're raising up this, this, what I call the Renaissance tribe, these, these people who are going to be able to um, walk in the reformation of the church and the reformation of these systems, they are now excited and being enlivened because they understand and they have learned to see, to hear, and to speak differently, even before, you know, the things began to occur in the natural uh, because they had already seen these shifts coming, even if they didn't understand how they were coming. That's they true. saw them coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I asked that question in a sense, 
based on the relationship and you said intimacy, you no longer look at a system because you have become the system, you have become the ecosystem. And so no matter what happens, no matter what occurs, no matter what um, come to change or alter, you are still that fortified system within systems. So what would you say to that individual that's still trying to figure it out, but still trying to say, looking for that pattern or that frame, how could they take hold of who they are, a sense of being of who they are and realizing that you are that ecosystem, you are that economist, you are the kingdom economy in this situation. You will alter change um, those lives around you that's connected to you. Um, how do you bring to light one that's still struggling with the idea of who they are? Yeah, I would, um, you know, I'm reminded of when the Holy uh, Spirit essentially before Jesus's ministry declared over him that this is my son, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And yeah. so I would say to be able to operate out from a place of being fully loved, fully accepted, uh, operating from a place of abundance um, okay. rather than a deficit. And so in doing that, you know, people are in Christ, we have been reconciled to three things. I, I believe our priesthood, so the priesthood of the believer, uh, the prophetic, and that as we become close to God, we then now are able to hear uh, and to declare, but then also our kingship. So then we have the capacity to hear, to declare, but then to operate and to steward uh, resources and arenas in a way that reflects uh, that relationship. And so I would... I would encourage them to really uh, think about their rootedness in being a son or daughter, because then you're going to tr trust the voice that you're hearing. Yeah. So you begin to see beyond what you see. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, you become more confident in the things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You become more confident in the blueprints that he's showing you. You become more confident in the models and the things that he is placing in your heart. And so you'll, you'll have, um, you know, you will have more of a rootedness to be able to apprehend and to grab hold to those things uh, in seemingly shaky times. Mm -hmm. Taking on the responsibility as they thrive. Mm -hmm. Accountability. Awesome, awesome. Yes, I'm excited, I'm excited. <laughs> so um, just tell me a little bit about your experience as you were, you mentioned college, but now um, that's again, that's, another, that's academia, academia. Let's not go into the community because everybody might not be calling to academia, but let's now go into the community. Now, again, being that ecosystem, um, I, I said that to say this because um, according to how you were taught, we'd like get, get that business, um, make that money, um, build and establish wealth. And then um, it hit me years ago, what you chase, what you're chasing, you already are. Why chase who you are, who you are, which means why chase when you are wealth? Why chase wealth when you are wealth? Why look for what you've already become? So I have to change yet my concept. So one is now starting that business from establish um, generational wealth, establish that, um, have the streams of income to provide for their families, but they're forgetting that as that ecosystem, they are to impact their community and also build their community. So as that marketplace, or as that marketplace of uh, voice, how can one 
go from I am to um, create the streams of wealth from my bloodline or generationals. Now thinking I am to um, restructure my community. I am to fortify my community. Again, from a church perspective, our thought process was to evangelize, go in and bring in souls, you know, and they come into the church. Now we are to go out into the world to impact, to change the world. So what's your scope on that? What's your thought process on that? Yeah, I think that I think there's a shift as well, because oftentimes, you know, we talk about discipleships in terms of individuals, but we're literally called to disciple nations, yeah. um, to disciple communities, to disciple cities. Yes. And so, you know, when we begin to take that call seriously, we begin to understand not only do we are we to uh, be asking and seeing individuals shift and change, but we are also to have entities, you know. Yeah. We, wherever we are, you know, there should be a correlation between the work that we're doing as those who are ambassadors of the kingdom and criminal justice systems. Yeah. There should be a correlation between the work that we're doing and economic vitality. There should be a correlation between the work that we're doing and, you know, and the advancement of culture and art. And so, you know, it's really, again, I think, just a mind shift when you begin to really understand the purpose, the intent, and the heart of God and begin to allow yourself, you know, to really shove off some of the uh, traditional thinking. And, uh, you know, I heard somebody say we're called a dream with God. And he really, <laughs> and I really love that term, but, you know, that we are, um, you know, even as apostolic and prophetic people, like we are innovators. Yeah. Uh, that's what we do is like we are able to receive the mind and the heart of God and then we're able to innovate so you know I have a vision of shalom comprehensive mm -hmm. peace uh, of new Jerusalem so that's what's filled my heart so as an ecosystem builder when I go into community that mm -hmm. is what I am uh, trying to replicate you know yeah. when Jesus said he did what he saw the father do so we see the father building restoring renewing and so you know we can we can take that same kind of lead um you know in the work that we do when i you know some of the work that i do i work a lot with maker spaces and so we try to create uh pipelines between communities and industry and okay. so we you know we create opportunities uh for people to actually learn about you know stem and um AI and VR and all those things, but with a heart in mind is that we want individuals to, uh, to have an opportunity to shift and change, but even more than that, we want communities uh, to be able to, you know, have the benefit of, of changing and shifting as well. Okay, and I think you just pretty much opened up the eye of those new breeze apostles and also those that are struggling with their model as to how they are proposed to implement. Again, because a lot of them are taking on the pattern. And I could speak about me, because even in doing that, um, the creator had to tell me, I didn't call you to build your forefather's blueprint. That's their blueprint. I call you to build wow. the distribution center. So with that, what happened is his word does not return to what's void. But I, even though I look different and I tried my best to break out of it and break out of the traditional mindset, what was etched in my mind was still a blueprint of my forefathers. So it was only until that time of rest, and he said, I, you know, it came to me, I didn't call you to do that. Right. You know? So when, when, you're, when you're dealing with that, I didn't call you to do that. So now you're like, oh, snap, I got to 
you know, you have to um, stop and now put things into um, place. And in doing so, you're having those voices that telling you, hey, you know, you're supposed to be doing this and you're supposed to be doing that because um, you're an apostle. And I'm like, oh, that's not what I was called to do. I've been there, done that, you know. Um, but there are those that dealing with that, but they don't know how to articulate or express that. And a lot of them have stopped because they know that what, what they were doing at the, at the time has come to a halt, it has ceased. But now they, they're having a hard time to express that vision or the model they are to bring. So when you just, um, just literally just eloquently just stress that, it'll now give one um, you know, that peace and says you are to let, uh, build that model that God has given you. Don't allow the pressure of those that can't interpret the vision <laughs> to dictate the path. Um, because yeah. again, they're, they'll be drawn to you by base of your title of who you are because they see a little bit of who they um, of them in you. They see a pattern or expression of you. But yet, when it comes to the execution, it's altogether different. It's yes. altogether different. So when you said that, again, for those that are in the marketplace, um, again, um, find out who you are. Find um, Allow your dream state to become your reality. Embrace who you are. Um, and wear that mantle, you know, like I said, a cape or the embodiment of you and now execute that blueprint. So that was beautifully said. So um, now dealing with the new emergence, the new vanguard. Um, I love it. I love the new mindsets. The, 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 um, they're they're go-getters, go-getters. You know, they're like, they see it and they move with it um, versus those that were on the scene, they're still battling with who they are, man's opinions and all that. And we have those that see it, know it, and they've become. So now they've seized it. So um, what's your intake about the new breeds, the emerging the millennials or centennials? What's your take on that? What's, what's your, how do you envision them? I, when I envision them, I get really excited because I believe that they are uh, on the forefront of something amazing. Uh, I think that they are, I think that they are creative. I think they're very innovative. Um, I think they're very tech savvy. And I think that a lot of those things are uh, very, very redemptive. Um, you know, uh, any, you know, and I believe this, that this move is intergenerational. So they need spiritual mothers and fathers. So I also, you know, was want to see um, the spiritual mothers and fathers activated um, so that they can begin to, because some, I believe some of these spiritual mothers and fathers, they have been almost in captivity themselves because mm -hmm. they were not allowed to really understand their worth and their value. Um, and they were not able to really see the essence of who they were and the things that they were uh, interested in and that they were intricately uh, involved in how God was in fact redeeming that and that it was God who had given them uh, you know those interests and such yeah. so now you know and I just would I just speak that over the these spiritual mothers and fathers that they are coming alive in new ways that they are finding new purpose mm -hmm. and new identity um, that they are going to be honored uh, yeah. for the wisdom and the understanding and insight that they bring mm -hmm. and they will have the capacity to really call forth 
uh, this new vanguard in a tremendous way. It's literally like the heart of the fathers and mothers being turned to the children yeah. and the hearts of the children being turned to the fathers and mothers. And that kind of intergenerational boom yeah. is to be uh, such an impact, yeah. you know, for the world around us. So I, you know, I'm excited to know in when I start to think about uh, this kind of new vanguard starting to emerge. And so what does the culture look like? What does the apostolic culture look like? We are advancing, but what does it look like within the next five to 10 years? In regards um, to the- mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I think there is very, uh, very outward focus in the terms of, you know, it is, it is focused on um, demonstration of power, mm -hmm. um, but some, in some very, uh, some very creative and wise ways is focused mm -hmm. on uh, both individuals, but also communities, so also mm -hmm. systems, mm -hmm. um, is focused on um, you know, it's interesting because I also think it's very, um, it's very intimate in that it, you know, is it, it requires a deep, deep communion and fellowship with God. But out of that deep communion and fellowship flows the ability to be able to operate uh, in these systems. So that culture is going to be, oof. It's gonna be dunamis. It's gonna be. It's gonna be power. It's gonna be rooted in love and intimacy and communion. It's literally gonna be a picture of what of priestly prophetic kings. So these people who are, you know, worship and kingdom, uh, kingdom. Uh, living is not disconnected. You know, mm -hmm. uh, intimacy and worship and making an impact on the community is yeah. not disconnected. So oftentimes before, I think there's been like dichotomies where yeah. people mm -hmm. saw like, well, I'm a, I'm a worshiper and, you know, or I'm a, you know, I'm out here doing action and making moves. But this generation is, is going to be, um, all those things are going to flow together. So this typology that we see in Jesus of a priest, prophet, and king, uh, this typology that we see in David, you know, priest, prophet, king. And so there's going to be these dimensions coming together in such a way uh, that is going to really put on display the kingdom of God in some profound ways. And I'm super excited to see it. I think this is truly the, the opening of it. The, the beginning of many beginnings. It's coming like a, a wave in reality. So of course, you know, there's the negatives and also there's the positives, but for those that, like you said, are in tune, we know what time it is. Yes. And because we know what time it is, we are moving with a prophetic thrust. You know, we're moving with the waves and we're moving with the wind because as we're new, we're maneuvering and we're going through time and we're advancing time, and as when I said advancing, we are now building what is 20, 30 years ahead now, because now there's a fresh wind and a fresh you know, renewed mind. So now they're coming because they have that abstract thinking, they're you know, modeled within their minds. They see it, they have taken hold of it. And so they've already meshed with it. So for those that are, that knows um, the, the timing, they're at the edge of their seats because um, it's like, we, we literally can't wait for it to just to, to take off. You know, yeah. but thanking God that we are a part, part of it. We are a part of it, playing a part of it. Some haven't gotten it yet, but they will, they will get it. And yeah. um, for those that are not, that haven't got it or haven't 
being engaged, it would be a, a disruption for them, changing of their patterns. And now they're trying to figure out how to do, how to, you know, maneuver, still trying to get it fixed or get it done. But for those that are, are, are bendable, they're able to maneuver, you know, and be in sync with time. So I'm yes. excited about that. I'm excited about that. So um, do you find that you have more um, ministries without walls that's coming to you to implement these systems? Or you find that there's more structured ministries within the neighborhood that's coming to you? What's being drawn to you to help um, bring that impact? Honestly, it's more ministries without walls. And um, it's just, you know, you know, a big part of my heart is because I've in some ways had to walk out there, you know, I always said I wanted to become or be that which I didn't really have. But, you know, there was a, there's this, these people who they know that they are called to make an impact on mm -hmm. culture. They know that they're called to make an impact on business, on education and all these realms. And so they are, they are looking for um, affirmation. Um, they are looking mm. for, you know, they're looking for confirmation, um, but they, they're also looking for accountability in the sense that, you know, there is that responsibility to be deeply connected uh, to God as we move into these realms, especially move into some of these realms because, and I'll just speak from the example of education, like there's so many idols. Um, and that's why I love the book of Daniel because they, you know, they did not eat the king's meat. And so being able to determine those things that you take in, those things that you don't, because there's all, you know, they gave them new names. So that culture is always trying to rename you. And so there has to be a rootedness mm. in, in identity. So those are the people who I see are coming. They want to be rooted in identity as well as being able to engage uh, with the outside world. And so those are, you know, those are the people that I see. Um, and then, then there are the, the people who are like, how do I say? They're like um, bridges. They are churches, churches that know that they are called to help bridge the gap. And so, um, yes. one example: there's a a pastor. He's in East Tennessee. His name is Jamie, but he is one of those. He is an apostolic person, but he he had to shift from I would call like a pastoral church to an apostolic church. But one of the most humble people and he understands okay. now you know his whole model has shifted to where he's not trying to hold on to people he's trying to release people and so that was a different model from you know where the success was measured as to how many people are here in these pews to now how many sons and daughters am I releasing into the marketplace who are making an impact yeah. And so those are also some of uh, the people that I see who are, you know, taking hold and saying, okay, we get it. We don't all, we don't understand all of it, but mm -hmm. we know God is in it and God is saying it. So how, what do we do? How do we move? And so yeah. they're so humble and just with such great hearts. And I know God honors that. But then, as I said, those people who are already operating in some capacity, but need to be 
uh, confirmed in the spaces that they are in. Oh, awesome, awesome. So do you think we'll see more um, hybrid models? I really do. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting because I think that's, that's innovation, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that the Holy Spirit is all about um, innovating and all about allowing us to, you know, be um, creating these new models, you know. So I don't think we should be afraid of the of the hybrids. I don't think we should be afraid of these of, the, of these new forms. I think yeah. we should embrace them um, in you know uh, in the fear of the Lord because you know is the Lord's provided us with an opportunity to be a part of you know this reformation restoration and to be here and he's preserved us and kept us so it's a joy you know to be called and to be preserved and to be uh, you know to be trusted to carry something yes 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 so 20 50 years from now what do you think that generation will look upon you and call you in that God is using you apostolically and prophetically, not only to build models, but build pipelines through models, generations to come, and also bridge the gap through um, not only prophetic culture, but also bridging the gap through traditions. 20, 50 years from now, what do you think that generation will know you for? I hope, I, I mean, I when I think about that, I think about seeker of shalom, like uh, that, you know, that they, that they would know, like, you know, God placed a vision of, of this comprehensive peace in his heart where, you know, it was where his love was demonstrated, um, you know, through in, in these very, um, yeah. And there's these comprehensive ways that, that, that he, that God was not limited to this context, yeah. uh, but, the love of God was pouring out throughout all creation, mm. uh, in the systems and, and the and the the way that we learn, the way that we relate to one another, the way that we do culture, uh, the way that we build, uh, you know, social policy. Like that, that there was a, there was someone who was open to hear God's heart and to, you know, really, really try to provoke. Mm. Uh, to lean into that more and to pursue God in such a way that we would know, you know, the depth, the height, and the breadth of his love uh, as he is demonstrated, demonstrating it in the kingdom that is both here and coming. And yeah. so that is, you know, that would be something that I would just, I would love to be uh, found faithful in that way. Mm. Oh, beautifully said, beautifully said. So um, I know we're coming to a close. But how, just a few words to those that you would like to encourage them to find their place. Yeah, so I would just say that you are, you know, you have been reconciled to the Father. You've been reconciled mm -hmm. to yourself, uh, to your true prophetic vocation. And God, want, God is not trying to hide that from you. He wants to reveal to you your true uh, prophetic vocation, whether that is in you know, in the marketplace, in education, the arts, in business, where in your community, wherever that is, the Lord is committed to allowing you to discover that because you've been redeemed for righteous works. And so the things that you've been hearing, they are true. 
Um, and the, you know, the spirit of God is, is there and leading you into all truth. So don't be, don't be dismayed when, or don't be uh, discouraged, uh, you know, when you feel like, hmm, am I hearing correctly? Like there's, there seems to be a gap between, you know, what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. And there is a gap and you are supposed to fill that gap. You're supposed to help close that gap. And God's giving you the capacity to do that. He's strengthened you. He's giving you the grace. Uh, he's giving you the tenacity um, and the ability to persevere so that you can, uh, you know, be able to lean into this in, in, a, in a way that's gonna reflect uh, his faithfulness. And so I would just say, be encouraged, um, know that you are not alone. Uh, there are people out there with like faith and vision and God's gathering um, people together to create it, uh, these ecosystems that will allow you to thrive, but that's also going to allow you to take your place as an ecosystem builder. And so be encouraged as the, as the Lord continues to do that in your life. Awesome. Thank you. And so where can they find you? Social yeah, media so yeah, you can find me on uh, Facebook, and I also have uh, uh, the Daniel Project uh, is my Facebook page, so uh, you can find me there, and you can also uh, find me at Nacy, it's www.nacy.com, and so, yeah, so just reach out, and I would love to hear from you. And what is Nacy.com again? Yeah, that's the organization that I work for the, uh, as Director of Innovation and Equity. And so uh, my email is smith at nacce.com. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for um, not only um, strengthening and empowering yet the innovators, but also aligning them and also bringing about an awakening and an opening in the sense of I don't have to be stuck in this place or this realm. I am called to just activate and empower uh, so, which means you'll walk in more than one grace, more than one gifting. Awesome, awesome. Any last words before we come to a close? Any last words? Uh, well, I just thank you so much. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. And so thank you for inviting me and having me. And, you know, and just, I will lift all, lift people up and I ask that y'all do the same thing. Okay, we'll do, we'll do. And with this, we could do this all night because Jeff and I could just go to talk for hours because we do it all the time. <laughs> we try to be mindful about the time. Again, for those that will be uh, tuning and watching this video, please press hashtag replay. Tell a friend, share the link, go on over to search her page, click like. This message has blessed you. It has empowered you. It has also given you insight. Please hit up Jeff Smith on uh, Facebook in his inbox. He's... um willing and helpful to just help you with any situation that's just who he is um again um tell someone about this if this has impacted you share the link if you have again just uh, there's people that have any question they have so many questions and don't know who to ask because um they're looking for something different they're looking for something different they're expecting something different their expectation is on another level so again thank you for joining us on tonight until next week till next week god bless you jeff until then god bless you